Welcome to episode 41 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to build quad and hamstring strength while dealing with, with lower back pain, if you can lose fat in specific areas, and our advice for a husband and wife gym owner team out in Texas. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. My radio voice for that intro was strong. It was you, strong. It, like, I, I just felt clear. You know, you know what it is? I'm not allergic right now. Usually <laughs> I'm like, welcome. To- <laughs> you're not allergic? You're not hungover from your bachelor party? Yeah. You're yeah. In, a good, in a good place. Last today. episode, I was struggling with the energy, but managed to get through it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we wanted to kick off the episode talking about um, just people commenting on your health and fitness journey, whether it's in life in person or you hear about it through the grapevine or social media comments yeah yeah and just realizing how much of it is out there and how much insecurity comes from people worrying about what other people are thinking of them um Mm -hmm. and i know i mean that's something that you and i have both dealt with in different ways um feeling insecure and not wanting people to judge what we're doing um and something that we realized now as we've been in this industry for 11 years is that people still comment on our form and on the way we exercise and the way we do things and that people are always going to do that. Yeah. Like that's just not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so to, instead of like trying to appease everybody and just being like, you know, like, Oh man, or, or not posting or not showing up or because you're so worried about what other people think, like, Let's start to just stop caring so much about what people are saying about us, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's amazing for me. Anytime I post anything related to the deadlift, I happen to have a slightly lower hip hinge stance to the point where it's approaching squatty but still meets the criteria of a hip hinge and still a deadlift. I still get comments all the time about how my hips are too low or they'll just say things like, wrong, incorrect, <laughs> This is not how you do it. That's too squatty. And it's like, yeah, I've been doing this for a little bit and I've been coaching <laughs> a lot of people and I think uh, I think I'm okay here. But yeah, it's just people want to insert their opinion and they want to insert whatever thing that helps them feel good for, you know, for whatever reason. And so I think, you know, what we're trying to say here is that there is going to be a lot of negative feedback much more overwhelming than i would say positive feedback a lot of the time and that to just take things with a grain of salt and understand that that person's coming from a not so good place and to just you know be totally fine with it yeah you're you're very good at letting that those comments roll off your shoulders <laughs> and i'm like sometimes i become a little mama bear when yes. it's about you i'm like he knows how to deadlift <laughs> <laughs> something else um that we've been noticing is that Lauren has been getting some comments, um, more comments that are, well, how would you, how would you describe it? I would describe it as trying to teach me something. Yeah. Um, whereas for you, your negative comments would be like wrong or like, they're just like, just, just hate for the sake of hate. Kind yeah. Of thing. It's yeah. just like, this is, this isn't, this isn't right. Or this is dumb for me. I get a lot more comments of like, you should try this with like, I'll be showing like I'll be showing an exercise and be like, nice, but you should try to do it this way. Or have you thought about trying to use this form or 
um, I feel like you might benefit more from this. And yeah. it's really, really interesting because you don't get that at all. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's usually males saying yes, that to you, right? 100%. So you're trying not to say that, but yeah, it's yeah. might as well put it out there. Yeah. So yeah, that's just um, an interesting observation uh, that we're having. And, you know, all the more reason to leave positive comments on other people's accounts that you, you know, admire or if you see that person at the gym repetitively and they're doing great and kicking butt, you know, it's worthwhile to say something positive about them too because it could turn their whole fitness journey around completely, you know, could just because a negative comment could do the total opposite as well. Yeah. So, yeah, just something that we want to throw out there that we've been noticing as we've been uh, going through our fitness careers. Yes. And so <laughs> positivity always makes a big impact and we say it, we throw that word around, you know, but... We mean it, and it really mm -hmm. does make a difference. And the more that we can try to encourage people to spread positive, like feelings about each other, yeah. the, the better. So if you, yeah, like Jason said, if you see someone, especially in the gym, um, I love one of my favorite things is like going into a gym when I'm traveling and finding other people who are like I tend to go up to women more, um, just yeah. because I feel like they're typically a little bit more nervous in the gym and if I see them lifting to go up to them and be like hey like I love to see other women in the weight room what got you over here um or to just like go up and give them a high five and be like hey you're doing an amazing job and people are so taken aback at first yeah it's then, almost like shocking like are you trying to sell me something yeah. right now? <laughs> I'm like no I just like I, I love seeing other women getting trying to get strong and in, in the weight room and you just see their whole like their shoulders like kind of perk up and like, they just get oh, yeah, taller. they're like yeah I'm actually doing something really cool and the more that we can do that for each other the better and you'll never come off as as like weird or creepy if you're doing it in a genuine way so yeah, yeah just put yourself out there and tell other people that you admire them and you respect them and you love love seeing them work hard yeah I think you had that experience um at a certain gym with your mom where the person was actually following strong um, she Curves was, she, strong. yeah, she had read, she was doing, um, hip lifts and barbell hip thrusts. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, where'd you learn to do those? It's like not a common exercise you see. And she was like, Oh, I follow Brett Contreras. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. He's a good guy. Like he puts out great information. And she was like, first of all, she was just shocked that I knew <laughs> yeah. who she was talking about and what she was doing. Um, and then my mom royally embarrassed me <laughs> because we were leaving and, like I went up to say goodbye to her, like the girl that was in the gym. Yeah. And as we're leaving, I'm like already turned walking away. My mom turns around to this woman who we've never met before and goes, you should follow her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was going to die. I was like, are you You're serious, like, mom? mom? <laughs> I mean, this is before we even had any sort of following, right? This is like <laughs> our 2,000 followers. <laughs> My mom was trying to be sweet, like, oh, they put out good information. And like this girl, because this woman had said like, oh yeah, I'm always trying to find good information and like so I've been following Brett Contreras so my mom was just trying to be like oh you should follow Achieve Fitness <laughs> I was like oh my gosh one, one person at a time Leslie's gonna take over the world <laughs> she will thanks Leslie <laughs> alright so let's get into the questions today we have three really good ones uh, we're gonna start with this one from H. Martinez Jr. 77 he asks what would be good exercise or good exercises for Developing quad and hamstring size for someone with lower back problems. This is this is an excellent question, and um, you know I would say throughout a lifter's career, at some point their back will give out at some point, and it's always good to understand what you can do. And a lot of it is actually just advice that we would give someone 
not to do traditionally. We'll actually tell someone to do more isolation-based exercises, more quote-unquote bodybuilding type of exercises. And so for someone to develop um, just overall leg size, we would probably have them do things that obviously put a lot less strain on the back. So whereas for most people, we'd say, hey, do squats and deadlifts, we'd switch that up to be more single leg exercises. So let's say lunging or split squatting or step ups where the load isn't necessarily on their back with the barbell, but more distributed in your hands with dumbbells. And uh, by splitting the legs, you're still getting a tremendous leg benefit, but you're not you're not you're sparing the back. Um, other variations for hip dominant exercises are like stability ball hamstring curls or or weighted hip lifts like Lauren was just talking about or single leg hip thrusts. Um, those sorts of variations are all great. And then all the way down to isolation based exercises. If you're at a traditional gym, the leg extension, the leg curl machine, these are all things that are fine to do um, for a short period of time while you're rehabbing a uh, back injury to maintain size. Yeah. Um, this particular person said he has degenerative disc disease, so oh, okay. three, three bulging discs. So maybe somebody who might not actually ever squat or deadlift. Yeah, that's um, totally true. And and that's fine, too. Totally fine, yeah. Like, my, my mom, actually, speaking of Leslie, um, she always asks, like, will I, barbell, will I use the barbell for squats? And her squatting pattern, for many different reasons, is not great. And we've been working on it for a while. She's had multiple surgeries and one that's, like, fully up her spine. Um, and yeah. it really affects her squatting pattern. And I'm always like, you know what? No. Like, I just don't think that it's the right movement for you. And, and I don't think that you're losing anything from yeah. not doing it. Because there's so many other ways that we can make your legs strong. We can get you, get everything, you know, like working the way you want it to work without having to just do this arbitrary exercise because everyone always says it's good. Yeah. And she always says that. She's like, you always say that it's one of the best exercises. Yeah, like, actually, well. that's that's good to, uh, to audit ourselves. I mean, I would say actually probably about 20 to 25% of our members don't go through any sort of bilateral deadlifting or squatting just yeah. because of either mobility restrictions or previous history of like back stuff. It's just not worth it. And we can find plenty of other alternatives. Um, I guess for us, it's just been a like trying to educate people in terms of most people gravitate towards isolation to, to begin with. Right. right? So I right. think we swung. We tried to swing the pendulum the other way so much so that it, uh, now that I think about it, we've been only talking about squats and deadlifts <laughs> and bilateral exercises and stuff like that. So it's good for us to actually take a step back and understand what advice we're giving. Um, but but yeah. the advice you just gave was perfect for anyone, especially going through like a quick stint of like, Ooh, I kind of tweaked my back, but yeah. I want to get back to heavy lifting. But in the meantime, what can I do? That's still going to maintain my strength, maintain my muscle mass. Yeah. Um, for someone who has more of a degenerative thing going on with their discs, it really is just the same advice, just without the idea of like working back toward yeah. a squat or a deadlift, just using that and really loading that up. Yeah. So you can load up a heavy lunge, a heavy split squat with two heavy dumbbells in your hands or even kettlebells in a racked position. Um, you can use sandbags and, and hold those in different ways. Yeah. There's all different ways to load these movements that make them still challenging. Um, yeah, we have, some, really, we have some people like they have some pretty uh, severe mobility restrictions, let's say in their ankles or their hips. And they probably won't really ever go to a back squat pattern. But I mean, they're like split squatting and lunging with like. 40 to 50 to 60 pound dumbbells. Yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, that's obviously going to promote a lot of leg strength and leg uh, muscle mass in their legs. Um, but again, just spare their back. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I think that's probably what we got for you. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Moving on, question number two. This one is from the Joanna Tsui. And she said, I'm just starting out as a trainer, so I am, I love this, as green as a well-watered field. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, she said, how do you approach clients whose main concern is, quote-unquote, I want to lose fat on my hips, legs, butt, torso, arms, etc." Obviously, nutrition is number one, but from your experience, how do you manage their expectations of not being able to lose fat from just strength training? Um, so this is a great question, and this is one that definitely is still, um, especially because of magazines um, and different articles out there where people are saying like, oh, try these five ex- ab exercises for a flat tummy, yeah. or like lose weight in your thighs with these three leg burning exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, this becomes very confusing for a lot of people. But basically, what we first start to talk to people about... Well, okay, let me back up for a second. (laughs) First of all, what we never do is tell people that their goal of losing weight in their stomach or losing weight in their arms or, like, in specific places is wrong or is, like, somehow that they're dumb for having that goal. Totally, yeah. Um, And I used to do that a little bit because when I first learned about all this stuff, I was so mad that there was so much... (laughs) information out there that was wrong that was lying that I want as soon as somebody said like would say like oh I want to tone my arms or I want to lose weight in my arms which arm exercises should I do I would immediately jump to like you can't lose weight in your arms from exercise that's not a thing there's fat loss is systemic and there's no way that you can do that she wasn't that mean she wasn't no well maybe I wasn't that mean but I was so I was passionate about it I wanted people to know like this you've been lied to (laughs) um and so number one when you're approaching a client from a trainer perspective is validate that that's a legitimate goal that they have. Totally. Right. Like I totally understand that's where you're coming from. Like maybe even dig a little deeper. Like why is that something that you want to do? Um, and then over time I would definitely start to talk to them about, um, how I would start with the fact that weight loss is systemic. So when you lose weight, you lose weight everywhere in your whole system because your body is one organ that works all together. Um, and making sure that they understand that you can't pick places that you want to lose weight. Mm. You can pick places that you want to build muscle. Um, and so you can make certain areas look different, right? Like you can build muscle in your arms and they're going to look different than when you didn't have muscle, but you can't specifically say, I want to lose fat in my arms. I'm going to do this exercise because it actually doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Your body. I mean, it's probably a good thing because otherwise we tried to do like crazy things and we'd look insane, right? We'd have like <laughs> the tiniest waist and then like the biggest arms. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just want to work out like that. But. Um, yeah. So there, a little education in that way is what I would start with. Just saying like, hey, you know what? It's really frustrating that magazines put out these articles that say that you can lose weight in your butt by doing but exercises, but that's not actually the case. What you can do is gain muscle in that area and having more muscle mass does change the shape of the, of that area of your body. So putting on muscle there will change the shape. It'll might, it might make your butt look like it's higher (laughs) or your arms might look like they're a little bit more toned. Um, but just make sure that you know that like tell them, just know that when you are talking about weight loss and it happens overall, like throughout your whole body and mostly it happens from nutrition. Mostly it does happen from diet. Um, and then that's a good place to say like, are you interested in, learning more about nutrition. Is that an area that you, you'd like to go down or are you right now? Are you good with just working on the fitness side of things, building some muscle and, and seeing where things go there? Um, so not assuming that everybody wants to talk about nutrition because some people have 
sensitivities with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But just letting them know that that's probably the way they want to go if they are thinking more about weight loss than about strength. Yeah. Yeah. And and to go off your initial point, I think we definitely, once we understood what was happening in the fitness industry, we definitely wanted to educate people like right off the bat. Yeah. And that was just not the time and place to do so. Um, Now we are, we wait for a little more rapport building, wait until we gain a little bit more trust and then slowly educate them along the way. And I would say, I think, I guess what we first initially do is just basically say basically validate that is a good goal say hey that's an awesome goal a lot of people have um told us that they also have the same goals here's the plan and the plan is pretty much the same with everyone total body strength training routine um if they want to address diet we can clean up their diet a little bit and that's pretty much the what our our process for everyone and we try to have them focus on that process try to get them to um be committed to the gym two, three, however many times they can make it in a week on a sustainable basis and then create a nutrition plan that is sustainable for them in the long run if they choose to um, go down that um, path as well. Um, But yeah, going more along the lines of how can we redirect their focus instead of the outcome of, um, let's say, skinnier stomach or losing the the triceps, the the infamous triceps area of fat. and more towards, okay, what are the steps I can take to actually get to that point that I'm actually looking towards? Yeah. 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 So it can be, it can be a tough one to navigate. If you're somebody who's just, um, if you're not a coach, but somebody who's listening, who's a fitness enthusiast, who, um, has some of those goals, um, hopefully this helped as well. So if you have been thinking like, Oh, I would, I wonder how I could lose fat in my thighs or I wonder how I could lose fat here. Um, it is true that that isn't really something that you can dictate with exercise. And even it's true that it's not really something you can dictate with nutrition. Yeah, because totally. Because people, I mean, body types are vastly different. And yep. I mean, I know that like for my family, you can look at my whole mom's side of the family. And if we carry any extra weight, it's around our midsection. Yep. Whereas a lot of women are always talking about like carrying extra weight in their hips and thighs. And I've always been like, Oh, that's not like, I don't know. That's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's never, that's never a problem, quote unquote problem area. I would never call anything a problem area, but right. you know what I mean? Like that's, that was never a consideration for me or for anyone in my family. Yeah. Um, so it just really just know that genetics plays a huge role in where you store fat and where you end up losing fat totally. from. Um, try not to buy into the ideas that you can spot reduce and that you can yeah. pick different areas because it's just whatever whatever your body was meant to look like in its healthiest form is what it's going to look like in its healthiest form and so the more you can do to focus on just being as healthy as possible meaning moving often eating vegetables protein whole grains like natural foods the more you focus on doing those things your body's going to show up in the way that it's meant to show up in its healthiest form and it's going to look very different from person to person and you should love yourself the way that you are. <laughs> <laughs> and please, please unsubscribe or unfollow anyone who like subscribes to those like the the wraps. It's all, oh. I've seen like saran wrap around midsections and around arms to, to to spot reduce there and to create extra sweat there and these like these um, like lotions to to make you sweat certain areas. It's totally bogus. It's just a way for them to scam you out of your money. Um, and it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yes. 
Cool. All right, cool. And now question number three. This one is kind of a specific question, but we thought it would be good for anyone listening who is um, venturing into the business side of things. So this one is from Bo Smith 34 And he said, Hi, Chief. Love the page. My wife and I own... Uh, RNG Fitness in McKinney, Texas, and my wife is getting ready to leave her full-time elementary school teaching gig in order to join me for time with our facility. We've been running our facility for about a year and a half, and we offer group training and personal training one-on-one sessions and some hybrid online sessions. We were wondering how you ran your day-to-day training schedule. Do you offer open gym times where people come in and complete their individual programs, or is everything coach-led through groups or one-on-one? Just want to find more time to for all members to come in and train outside of our scheduled times. Hope this question makes sense on the services you offer and your training schedule type. Big thanks. Okay. So there's a bunch of different avenues that we can go here. Yeah. Um, I guess let's talk first about kind of services. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Let's talk about services. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't where I was going to go. Oh. That's okay. All right. No, you, you start. No, you no, no, no. You, you spoke first. Let's uh. go services. Um, so we offer. Mm-hmm. Would you, do you want to go? No, you, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> this. This is always your territory. Okay. So in terms of services, we offer two different types of memberships at Achieve. So our first one is our group membership, which is basically unlimited um, group class training, uh, group classes. So we have a group class schedule that basically 6 a.m., 7 a.m. every day, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. every day with a couple midday classes sprinkled in and Saturdays. Um, we offer just one straight membership for unlimited access to those classes. Yeah, we don't really like the models where they're limited. Like, let's say you pay for one time a week access or two time a week access or three times a week. Um, that sort of model just because it limits the person from coming in. And it's always, yeah, we think it's just better to have unlimited access across the board just for um, just for adherence sake. Right? It's also like from a, from a tracking standpoint, it would be a total headache for totally, us yeah. to try to keep track of like, did this person come in twice this week and they're yeah. only supposed to come in once? Like just make it unlimited. It will have to be a little bit higher price, but people will find the value. And you can also, it's a good way to talk to people about like, no, you really should be coming in three times a week and that's going to make your, your money worth worthwhile. Right. Yeah. It's going to make that, that money feel like you're, it's going to good use. Um, so it helps people be more consistent yeah. when they're paying for that. Um, so that's our, our group membership. And then our second membership, which is definitely our more popular one, is our customized membership. And with this one, they get the unlimited access to the group classes, but they also get an individualized program that's written for them by a coach based on their initial um, like goals, their movement screen, everything that we talked to, their health history, everything we talked about with them when we first sit down. Um, they get an individualized program. They also get coaching sessions. So one coaching session every single week in a semi-private setting. So that means that there are three people going through a session at once with one coach. Um, but all three of those people are doing their own individualized workout program. So it doesn't, you don't need to group people into like similar, um, uh, experience levels or anything like that because they're all just doing their own thing and the coach is bouncing from person to person making sure they're doing it with proper form showing them anything that's new or unfamiliar um, but really we've realized that there's not really a need for one-on-one there yeah. really is not a need for one-on-one mm-hmm. um, you can get so much more you, you have to be a lot more on top of things you have to be a lot more urgent and efficient as a coach but you can get 
easily three people through their workouts all at once while also creating this great rapport within the group Mm -hmm. um, that just becomes a really, really nice way of doing things. Yeah. I mean, we were definitely nervous because, I mean, we had come from a background of one-on-one personal training for five or six years prior to opening up Achieve. And we were just nervous about just the logistics of it. But I mean, we wouldn't have the culture and community we have today without it being the three to one setting. And people wouldn't have gotten as good of a result in terms of their goals um, without that as well. It's just people form these bonds and relationships and friendships that they would have never otherwise been comfortable to do so in a one on one setting. So just by switching out the model, our consistency, our results, our community, like just everything got better um, because of just the overall vibe and the mood that got um, uplifted because of the group setting, the small group setting. Yeah. Um, And then in terms of open gym, we currently offer open gym all hours of the day. So from 6 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., people can also come in on their own to do a program that we wrote for them. So we don't offer open gym in terms of Anyone who's a member can come in and do any sort of workout that they just picked up off of the local magazine. Yeah. Um, it has to be a program that's written for you by an Achieve Fitness coach. That's just to make sure that everybody is on the same page, doing things safely, properly, that we can coach what you're doing. Because if you start coming in and doing something that none of us are well-versed in, then how are we supposed to help you? And our membership is based on coaching. And so we mm-hmm. want to make sure that we can be there for you and make sure that you're doing everything safely and properly. And because of that, we need to be the ones who have written the program that you're coming in to do. Yeah. I mean, we have a certain methodology uh, where, you know, we don't do popular exercises like crunches and sit-ups or let's say kipping pull-ups or dips. And we can, we, we won't go down like the rabbit hole of all the reasons why, but um, we definitely wouldn't want a situation where we couldn't um, uh, quality control the exercises that people are performing because we wanted to uh, just have an open gym model, yeah. right? And yeah. we see that happen often where business owners will be like, okay, that's a low-hanging fruit that I can offer as a as a membership for a low cost that people can get in. And then they'll see the value of, of our coaching and our methodology. And it just never works out like that and actually creates more of a, a, a negative situation than a positive one um, down the line. Uh, because people start to doubt your methodology, right? Yeah. yeah, and people start to wonder, like, why aren't I doing that? And yeah. then they might ask us, like, oh, can I start doing kipping pull-ups? And then we have to go down that whole, like, thing of, like, well, here's what why we don't really agree with that. And mm-hmm. then that person would be like, well, why is that person over there doing it then? Yeah. And so it just becomes very weird. Um, totally. And, yeah, we just believe that we're we're – the coaches and the experts for a reason. And we want to make sure that we uphold those kind of standards. And that's why people are successful in our gym. Yeah. And also another thing that I think is cool is that everybody, because everybody knows that everyone in the gym working out is working out on a program, they can kind of start setting their own goals based on what they see other people doing a yeah. little bit. So they can be like, Oh, you know, Oh, I saw like Russ doing barbell cleans and that looks so cool and he looks so strong like is that something i can do and then we could be like oh yeah he started exactly where you were like you know two years ago and we can tell them the exact timeline that it took them to get to that point so that there's no false like 
understanding of like, oh yeah, sure, you can do that next week. Like, yeah, yeah Russ, like for two years, he didn't really touch a barbell, but now he's competing at the Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> like, but And so we can tell them how long it took for them to get there, where they started. We can make them feel like, oh, that's something, that's a person who started just like me and I could potentially go there. So it does be- become actually very inspirational too, to have other people in the gym that we can um, have newer people look up to. Yeah. So, um, um, oh, I wanted to touch on something with the open gym still. Yes. Um, yeah. I think we're going to say the same. Oh, okay, cool. So when <laughs> When we first opened, because it was just Jason and I, we didn't offer unlimited open gym times because that would mean that we would have to be there unlimited hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually did a split day where we were open from 6 a.m. to noon. Then we went home for four hours and then we opened back up from 4 p.m. to uh, 8. At the time. Yeah. Um, and that was like... That was huge. A life-saving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you can... you. I mean, I would... You could even, um, depending on your membership base right now, you can even probably start a little bit um, reduced hours than that. Yeah. Because you can always add hours. It's really tough slash impossible to take hours away. People get very upset about that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, start off with something that you can definitely manage pretty much every single day. um, And then you can start to slowly add hours over time as your membership sees fit. Yes. And And as you grow your staff so that you're not the ones who are there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then I think you wanted to finish off with one more point. Um, well, I was going to start off with the, just how his wife is coming on, um, oh, yes. yep. with him. So, um, we've had a lot of people, um, in the results group, uh, who have done similar things in mm-hmm. our mentorship group, um, or mastermind group who, um, one person might start as like the owner and then their significant other comes on later on. Um, so just some pieces of advice that we've gotten from other people uh, yeah. who have done that is to very clearly split up responsibilities, make sure that. Um, I would say, um, make sure that your wife doesn't come on as the admin and feel like she's just supporting in a supporting role for you, unless that's a hundred percent what she wants to do. Um, which is possible. Mm That's possible. Yeah. But for the most part, what seems to be the case is that if that happens, one person starts to feel like, "Mm, this isn't really my thing. It's my husband's thing that I'm supporting or it's my wife's thing that I'm supporting. And so to start giving like right away, I would say start giving some like very specific roles that are really important um, and splitting up tasks as much as possible so that you feel like you're very much 50, 50 on things. Um, And so like, I mean, we did that early on. Yeah. We kind of, and and it will be natural because it'll be what you gravitate toward. Yeah. Um, So for us, like, I gravitate more toward writing because I was a journalism major. So like it made more sense for me to write the newsletter. Totally. Right. Whereas it made more sense for you as the more technical side of things in, in our relationship to do more of the programming in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Um, later on when we had staff, like you're definitely better with numbers. So it made more sense for you to run payroll than for me to like sit there with calculator and want to cry <laughs> every time. Whereas I might do more of the, um, like admin- administrative things with the staff where they come to me for more like logistics and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's like definitely the, the nitty gritty that you just need to really separate out and not really kind of cross into each other's territory. Um, and then the overarching thing that you always want to keep in mind is whatever the vision um, and mission that you have for the business and making sure that you two are completely aligned with that and the future of the business. Because if you two get into an argument about something, you can always go to this objective mission and that'll point you in the right direction in terms of what direction you should go with. Yeah. I mean, Jason and I have never had like one of those big blowout fight moments about the business because we are, we, I mean, we've had plenty of disagreements totally. Yeah. Um, but never a crazy blowout because we are so 
clear on what this whole thing is about yeah. and what this whole mission is. And so we can take a step back from our emotional feelings and look at, okay, well, is this, how is this decision going to serve this mission that we're on? Yeah. Um, and that helps you to bring everything kind of back down to earth and a little bit more logically make those decisions. Yeah. It just takes the ego out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of arguments take place is because egos get bruised and affected and, if there's an overarching thing that doesn't have an ego, it just has a greater purpose attached to it, it becomes much easier to filter out your decisions and also come to logical conclusions to um, the uh, the different arguments. And a lot of times, like it's like both parties are right, um, and it's just a matter of coming down to meeting in the middle and having the governor not be a person but just – a concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be all spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that answered everything. Yeah. All right. Do your clothes. So that's everything we have for you today. We hope that your burning questions were answered and we can't wait to do it again on Monday of next week. If you have any questions at all regarding health, fitness, or business, please DM us on Instagram at Achieve Fitness Boston. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, we would love you forever. (laughs) And until next time, peace, love, and and muscles. muscles.